Okay, so we're live again. Same Wednesday, same time, and then uh, same Dan and same Zane here. So in today's episode, we're going to make it punchy, quick. We're going to share something quite valuable. Uh, we're going to talk about how to build a business model in 20 minutes. Um, so this is an idea that we thought we wanted to do a bit of tutorial. And then Dan came with the idea that maybe we can do a bit of... Um, sharing around this idea called a lean business canvas. So Dan, do you want to give an overview about what is a lean business canvas and how newbie entrepreneurs like you and me and the people watching can use this? Okay. Uh, before I explain what, what business, a lean business uh, canvas is, I would like to uh, just add some, some, uh, some private uh, bits here. So first of all, Congratulations to my favorite football team, Chelsea, who won Champions League on Saturday. <laughs> I, I knew that wearing those Chelsea t-shirts, uh, uh, like show after show, you know, like it happened already a couple of times, will eventually bring luck to my favorite team. Uh, another thing, just before our show, I watched a video related to automotive, uh, so, so our industry. But, but also related to being an entrepreneur. I sh I, I've watched the video from Carwow when there was like a drag race between new Remac car and Ferrari SF19 Stradale. Uh, Ferrari SF9, uh, SF19 Stradale is one of the most advanced uh, pieces of automotive right now. But Remac is, is even more advanced. It's all electric and it was constructed by an engineer from Croatia. So, if you ever think that you are an underdog and you are just, let's say, small engineer from, uh, you know, uh, Croatia, and you cannot beat like nineteen uh, eight over eighty years of automotive history because Ferrari is over eighty years old, then think twice. You can really beat them. But going back to Lean Canvas, Lean Canvas is one of the tools that, uh, that I personally uh, have learned uh, during uh, my strategic entrepreneurship uh, degree at uh, Rotterdam School of Management. Uh, actually, Lean, uh, Lean Canvas, because uh, that's, the, that's the proper name that is used uh, and um, that is used by by Ash. I forgot the surname, but but Ash is uh, the author of Lean Startup Book, and that's where he proposed Lean Canvas. And Lean Canvas is the adaptation of well-known business model canvas that has been uh, developed. Uh, by Alexander Oster Osterwalder, who is like uh, who is like a co-creator of of strategizer and things like that. Like uh, I think strategizer is more or less like uh, educational body on entrepreneurship. Uh, really cool things on the very high level. But going back to Lean Canvas, there is a book Lean Startup. Uh, Lean Canvas is from there, so I strongly recommend the book. But today 
we will only discuss Lean Canvas. And what we're going to do, we will use one of our uh, business ideas from our business, business challenge game uh, to uh, fill in this Lean Canvas. And we will try to do it in 20 minutes. Yeah, cool. So like Dan said, the uh, if you don't know, uh, two episodes ago, we did an episode where we came up came up with as many business ideas as possible. I think it was within 25 minutes um, using like random word generators. So one of the ideas that we came up with was a tent that has got solar power energy um, because I believe the, the two words were solar and tent. So we came up with this idea of having a tent that has got solar power energy. So we're going to use that as an example to walk you through how we would fill in a lean business canvas if that was an idea that um, that we want to introduce into the real world. So this is the lean business canvas. Uh, I know it's quite colorful, but uh, as you can see, it's got like some very high level details around customer segments, problems, existing alternatives, etc. And this are all prompters to help us think about the different areas of a business idea to test our business ideas for empirical sort of testing. So instead of you spending lots and lots of time and resource into creating the perfect business plan, this is like a one pager that enables you to test different ideas out. Have you thought about this? Think about that just to test all the assumptions that you have made within your business. So the first segment, it has got some sequence. That's why you see all these numbers in green. And it has got some sequence and we'll go around this in sequence to show you how we will fill a lean business canvas for the idea of a tent that has got solar power energy. So first one is on customer segment. So Dan, feel free to jump in here if I miss anything. But customer segment is basically where you list all your target customers or users who you think you're going to sell your products to. And what you do is that you basically work out who do I think I'm selling this product to? Who are my customers? Who are the people who is going to use my products? Anything else you want to add in, Dan? So, so when it comes to customer segments, um, ideally, uh, you should source customer segments information from Empathy Map, which will uh, and and your and your customer avatar that you will create for your business, but it would it would take additional time so today we are not we are just you know speculating about just general things about customer segments but you have to remember one thing very often when i speak with my clients i ask them who do you want to sell to and their most common answer is we can sell to everyone but the truth is that you cannot sell to everyone you will never be able to sell to everyone because you are not good enough for everyone. Uh, so you should always target your ideal customers. So here you have to point in uh, customer segments that will be the most likely to buy your product. In our case, it will be probably... Um, you it'll, be it'll be people who go like camping, right? Because we're selling a tent. So it will be people who likes to go camping. Now, obviously, when we think about it, you know, 
when we talk about people who go to camping, we can talk about family. So family, we've got kids, they go camping. But in my case, for example, because we're selling something that has got um, uh, a tent with solar power that can power, say, normal devices like a phone or whatever. So for me, I would personally go with some sort of um, amateur campers, people who love to go out to camping, go out to camping sites, and they bring their own tents for like a weekend trip or whatever they love to do that kind of camping. So for me, it will be sort of amateur campers who see camping as a sort of getaway trip. You see, but 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 the the group of campers is pretty huge. That's what I was referring to. So you cannot sell this to all people who love uh, who love to go camping, right? Uh, you have to find people who will also care about environment because because photovoltaic uh, products are there mostly for people who just love environment and they care about environment. So I think that we should be more specific here and we shall say that the product is more dedicated to uh, people who love to go camping, but at the same time, they care about nature. They don't want they want to be close to the nature, but at the same and at the same time, they don't want to pollute it in any way. Because you can go camping with just you know traditional uh, energy source with uh, let's say uh, gas cooker stuff like that, or you can go with photovoltaic tent like ours. Okay, let's move on to early adapters. Boom. Which I, I personally think would be, uh, you know, uh, those so sub sub uh, sub segment of of people who I just mentioned, uh, who are, uh, you know, very into novelties. Because let's be honest, the product at the very beginning will not be reliable. It never is. It never is. So you have to really think of people who are ready to just try new things, who are not be like, oh, it doesn't work, I don't like it, etc., etc. They they know what, what, what it takes into account to try new very novel products, you know? Sorry, hey, laughing here because I am. I, I needed to connect. It's all right. This is life. So um, just following on that. So, you know, when we think about early adopters, it's like people who like to try new things. And as you can see on the screen, we talk about the characteristics of ideal customers. So you would think about personally, I'll think about if people are trying to try new things, what sorts of characteristics have they got? So for me, these are people who are perhaps more willing to take risk. They are risk takers. There are people who are probably more adventurous. You know, they're willing to take some, they're willing to try things out. They're willing to do stuff. But once you are able to work out what this sort of characteristics of your ideal customers are, you can start to craft the message around how what you're selling to can fit into their identity, fit into their status, fit into what they pursue, not just from a demographic level, but also from a... Um, psychological aspects and then just gone. So I'll have to take over for now. So for me, it'll be people who are 
adventurous, like I said, people who are risk takers, you know, so people who are not, you can even expand on it, right? You can go really deep to say, okay, this might be people who are willing to take new challenges. You know, once you are able to really craft down and niche down to understand what are the characteristics of these customers, then you can start to go, okay, I think this is where they're coming from. You start to get a sense of who they are. What would they like to do when, you know, when they've got a choice to try something new? What would they like to do when they go on holiday? You know, what sort of trip would they want to go to, et cetera, et cetera. So once you are able to really pinpoint the characteristics of these people, you can then um, you can then start to really understand who they are as your customer. And then you're back. Can you hear us? Uh, I think you are muted. Dan, I think you're on mute. Sorry, my, my laptop uh, like died out because I forgot to connect it to the to the power source. Uh, okay, let's 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 continue. Sorry for the inconvenience. No problem. Um, yeah, what what are we here now? Okay, problem. Yeah. Uh, so so we need to really find uh, we need to find the real problem. And, uh, you know, very often we will just uh, make some assumptions about problem and stuff like that. Uh, but the truth is that the real problem you will discover later on. So, so you will create first a lean canvas and you will then formulate some hypothesis and then you will go out and speak with your potential customers. And that's where you will be able to uh, to to formulate the problem properly. But for now, as we don't have any any research, I would just say that the main problem is that uh, there are places where you will not have like a, uh, like also. Uh, like an access to the grid yeah so yeah. So, so let's say in the middle of uh, in the middle of uh, of the forest you will you will not have access to the power grid so i guess that's the real problem you want to really go deep into the nature and you want to still have some uh, some source of energy so that's when this product would come handy i guess do you see any other problems that this pro this product might solve i think this is the main one uh, but you might then then something something happened to your microphone like the it's really bad hello yeah it's really bad like uh like it's very mechanic sound maybe muted and unmuted is it better now Huh. Uh, it's it's the same again. Why don't you carry on whilst I work this out? Wait. Uh, uh, I don't know why 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 it's why it's so bad. Hmm. Uh, if people are watching. Can you let us know 
what do you think of the audio? Like, is it bad on your side? Um, these things happen in um, in a live environment. So if you're able to let us know, that would be great. Mm. Um, but Dan, can you hear me? I'm I'm not sure. Maybe or maybe it's it's a problem with my phone because it fell down. Uh, wait, let me try to connect my. Uh, All right, whilst um, Dan is busy sorting his, uh, his uh, oh, you can, you can hear, oh, Robo8, thank you so much. Thanks for letting us know that you can hear me. So it looks like it's, um, it's Dan whose um, order has got some problems. So I'll add him back in later. Um, in the meantime, I have to go on. Dan, apparently oh. it's your phone that's got a problem. So okay. it works better now, here properly. But but now I can hear you well, so I don't cool. know what it's... Okay. Okay, but uh, Robo8, thank you for your comment because uh, now that we know that it's uh, working fine, um, but then in the interest of time, I suggest that we just move on to existing yeah. alternatives. Yeah, sure, sure. Existing alternatives. Um, I would say there are these... Um, uh, of course, they are... They are sort. They are uh, fueled by um, by uh, petrol, for example. This uh, this power aggregates or something like that. So that's that's one one of existing alternatives. So um, you know, you just put some some fuel um, into uh, uh, the, the generator. Yeah, and into the generator, and it generates some power. I guess probably there are some some uh, some mobile uh, generators with that works with uh, you know sun energy. Um, probably few others. If if we I pro, pro I guess if we have uh, if we have done some 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 more research on on that, probably we would have more answers. So so yeah. Yeah, but basically existing alternatives are for your products or services, um, what are the, it's like what is on the show note there, list how these problems are solved today. What other alternatives are out there already that people use to solve the problem that they have got now? So in this case, we talk about oh, people might bring a mobile generator with them. I don't know whatever size it is. They might have a generator that works with solar energy. So your job is to find out do your research and find out what other existing alternatives are there already that your product is also trying to solve and um, to resolve for your customers, basically. So that's the second pillar of, um, of the product. So now moving on to the third pillar is revenue streams. Okay, I will, I will join in again with, uh, with my Okay, can you hear me? Can you yep. see? Yep. Uh, wait. 
wait, I cannot hear you now. Okay, now now I should hear you. Can you say something? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, cool. Sorry okay. for all the troubles with, with everything. Uh, okay, let's let's go back. Revenue streams. Um, I guess sales, but at the same time, uh, at the same time, I think because it's such a let's say green like sales of products, of course, but but also we can count on some grants. I would say like governmental grants because. Um, it's such a you know ecological initiative, and I believe that that uh, even Polish government um, likes uh, likes uh, green uh, initiatives. So so even in Poland, you would be able to uh, to get a grant to to create something green. Let's say. Yeah. So your revenue stream would obviously be you want to list out as many sources of income as possible for selling your product so you know the most obvious one would be sell your product you know um because when you sell your product then you get your list of that's one source of income um and like dan said if there's government grants um you might get another source of um, income that way um it might be you know some kind of um i don't know affiliate deal as well right you might work with um a camping sort of um you don't you don't you don't just sell it to your daily customers right there are other people that you can work with who might you might be package out your product as a entire sort of package to other people so affiliate might be one of those things but what you want to do here is to brainstorm and come up with as many revenue streams as possible so that you can really sell your product out to the wider audience rather than just the traditional one-to-one one-to-one yeah, another thing that I'm thinking of um, regarding the uh, revenue streams, I believe that uh, that at some point this product might be a bit expensive at the beginning, so not many people can uh, would afford it at the beginning. So uh, there could be an option for, let's say, rentals. Let's say. So, so having like uh, places when people just come and rent those tents instead of just buying them. So, um, yeah, something like that. Absolutely. Okay. Number four, which is, oh, no, your solution. Yeah. So, so photo, photovoltaic, uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, so yeah, we have we have uh, we have our problems. So solution is, uh, it's a tent with with um, uh, a tent that can generate energy wherever you are. Actually, that's that's the solution. Wherever you are, yeah. So. Obviously, in this instance, we only came up with, um, we identified one key problem here, as you can see. Yeah. But in the ideal situation is that what you want to do is that you might realize that your customer or your product has got two or three problems that it wants to solve. 
And in the solution section, what you really want to do is to come up with one solution that tackles specifically which problem. So if you have got three problems, ideally you will have three solutions to tackle and cover each of those problems. But in this instance, because we have identified one key problem, that's why we come up with one key solution. This is the message. This is the um, way that our product came up to solve this particular problem. So that's just one thing I want to add in. So you don't want to have two, three problems, but only one solution. You want to make sure that every problem you came up with has got a respective solution that can address it. Like, ideally, when it comes to the problems section and solution sections, you should, you should have at least three. And you know what? This, the problem and solution that we give is, is quite on the, let's say, very surface level. Because if we go deep down, then uh, we can think in, let's say, so from marketing point of view, very often when I, when I write copies or stuff like that, I try to communicate benefits of, of, uh, of things that I'm selling uh, through three dimensions. You have to remember about three dimensions, which are relationships, health, and financials. So, how your product, how your so also, what's the problem that your product is solving in terms of relationships of your customer with other people, with with family, friends? Uh, how your solution solve any health problems that uh, that your customer might have? And the third one, uh, what? financial problems your customer have and how your solution solves those problems. So, of course, we can think of abstract um, angle with, with our product that, oh, if you have a tent that can generate money wherever you want, then uh, you will save some money because you will not pay, pay for, like, a, uh, for a place on the campsite, something like that. Uh, if you go into the middle of the woods, you will improve your relationship with your wife, with your kids, whatever, because you will be closer to the nature, because you will be like uh, away from from everything, right? And uh, health, you are saving planet, you are doing good for the planet, and uh, and healthy planet will do good for your health. So, you know, just just giving uh, these examples from the top of my head, but yeah. More or less, that's the idea. Cool. Moving on to unique value proposition, which is the fifth pillar out of the nine. So the UVP, as some people will call it, is basically a single, clear, compelling message that states why you're different and why you're worth paying attention to, right? So what makes you stand out from the range of products that are out there already? what makes you unique in the sense that um, only you can provide a solution that solves the problem in that way for your ideal clients and customers. So um, I think we kind of covered that in a solution, but in this case, for example, your unique value proposition might be something like, you want to keep it short, you know, something that when you say it, people can understand it. So it might be that the tent that you need to, you know, I know that it's kind of repeating generate energy where you are, but that kind of actually captures the essence of what we sell already. Would you agree, Dan? Or do you have a different view on um, can, unique value can, proposition? 
So yeah, when it comes to unique value proposition, uh, you have to focus on three things. So the feature of your product, the, the main feature, or maybe the two main features of your product, the benefit of your product, and the end story. So let's say uh, photovoltaic tent, that's the feature. The tent has a photovoltaic installation, photovoltaic generator of energy. That's the feature. That's not the benefit. That will provide you with the energy wherever you are. That's the benefit. You have constant access to the energy. That's something, to some extent, uh, tangible. Uh, end story, uh, yeah, will allow you to, like, thanks so to that, that you can. So, so that you can travel the world, for example without any hassles or something like that. So how would you say is the unique value proposition of our products? So photovoltaic tent that that will provide you with an energy wherever you are so that you can travel the world the world without any worries. More or less. Probably you, we can we would we would be able to let's say pimp it up but uh, yeah, taking into consideration our time constraint, I think that's the best we can get right now. Cool. Sounds good. Okay, moving on to number six. Oh, channels. Too quickly. Channels. Oh, sounds like you are interested in talking about this. Do you want to have a go? Um, you know what? I, it's not only about marketing channels, but it's also about sales channels. Because. Uh, very often uh, in 2021, the, the best answer for selling anything, people are like, oh, we will create an online shop and we will, or we will create a landing page and we will use Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, uh, all social media platforms. But that's very simplistic. That's not how, how it works, actually. Like, you still have to think of uh, sales channels, like for example, um, I don't know uh, what's what's the chain of like sports and camping stores in the UK, because in Poland, for example, it's it's Decathlon, very famous. Uh, I I think it's it's also in some other European countries. Yeah. But yeah, one of the channels that I would think of is like yes, sell it to Decathlon, find someone at Decathlon start talking with them about your product and sell it to the Catalan or maybe sell it to some other uh, sports and uh, sports and camping uh, sports and adventure stores that are out there uh, because then they will they will handle actually marketing to some extent right of course they will take their cut but they are way bigger. They are already well marketed. They they already have the uh, um, target audience. They a brand. They a brand image, right? So they are trustworthy. You are new to the market. You are not trustworthy. Um, so that's that's more or less it. Yeah. Also thinking about influencer marketing. Maybe you should talk with some some camping influencers that would. Just go out there and talk about about your products. Uh, the ways there are many ways, and 
And very often uh, people think that, oh, social media, that's the only thing that you should focus on. Okay, but honestly, I'm, I'm from that side. I'm from the social media side. And very often that's not enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is like the channels are, because the thing is if people don't know your products, like no matter how good it is, they don't know it, no one's going to buy it. So you really have to explore the different types of channels, you know, like Dan mentioned quite a lot here already, but you can also think about things like, I don't know, I'm sure like there are magazines out there which are already, people are already reading those things and you just need to find a slot in there, whether it's an advertisement, etc. But you need to think about how your, where your target audience hang out already in this whole world, whether it's digitally, physically, virtually i don't know i don't care um, but you need to have presence in all these different channels as much as possible so that you are put in front of them and they know that you are there so that they understand your products they know your service and they can buy it from you at the end of the day that's what you want um cool number seven key matrix so uh, boom key matrix um uh i i remember that you should uh you should use uh for that um it was r formula or something like that so uh attention activation uh revenue retention something like that i wait um let me find that quickly. Uh, um, Whilst Dan is um, looking at that, so basically what you want to get from the key matrix are what are the key things or indicators, you know, that you're looking for to know that your business is doing good or bad. Um, some people call them KPIs, which you hear very often, key performance indicators. Um, some call it like a traffic light system you might be able to track it to say, okay, um, this is red. This is not doing quite good. I need to improve this. Oh, I'm doing enough sales here. I'm okay. It's a green light. Mm, this area to pay a bit of attention to. And it's not bad yet, but it could go wrong if I didn't pay enough attention. That might be an amber. So the key metrics area is what are the things, the numbers, the indicators that you want to have whilst you are in the process of testing or selling your products so that you have a judgment to say ah i know i'm doing good or shit i'm not doing very well in here you found it then yes so it's double double a triple r uh formula r like a pirate so it's uh acquisition activation uh retention referral revenue that's the that's the formula for startup growth and you should uh, you should pick at least one metric for for let's say every every phase right so what's the key metric for acquisition for example i don't know uh number of followers in social media of course it's very superficial but but that might be one of the examples activation so let's say uh how many people created an account on your on your website or how many people subscribe to your newsletter um then retention so how frequently they they go 
did they go back to your website or how frequently they they log in to uh, to the website uh, to to the account on the website referral so uh, how frequently for example your um, your company is mentioned in social media let's say um, and revenue of course sales 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 <laughs> sales makes the world go round <laughs> yeah exactly you know like revenue is sales right it's like you need to track how much have i sold this month how much have i sold this week do i need to sell more is my business sustainable have i got enough profit all these things fall under the revenue umbrella um wonderful um second last cost structure this might need a bit of explaining you want to explain what cost structure is then so so as you uh yeah fixed and variable costs so your fixed cost for example will be um will be for example the uh, how like the setup of your power plant because we are we are supposed to uh, create a uh, like tangible product so you need like a facility to, to the factory the yeah factory so that would be one of the fixed costs um probably some some basic uh so oh for example management stuff wages of management stuff would be also fixed uh, fixed uh, cost if you have like a you know ceo cfo cto uh cmo whatever they these are people who will be constantly in your in your company and uh, and for most of the time, it will be the fixed cost, the their salary. Uh, variable cost, for example, will be the um, if if you had uh, some accounting on your on your studies. I'm not talking to Zane, but I'm talking to our audience. Then you probably have heard about the cost of goods sold. Uh, sold. So, for example, um, you know materials. Uh, very often, uh, you know. Um, labor hours of your of your uh of your people in your power plant um utilities but you have to remember that with utilities it's it's kind of tricky because for example with with electricity you pay some some amount fixed and then you pay the variable so it's like eh. but that's accounting stuff uh let's let's not dive deep, too deep into that yeah, but if you're really confused, like, oh, I don't know what fixed cost or variable cost, etc. I think in the beginning, it's just like, what cost have you got to manufacture this product? You know, then you can start to categorize them to say, ah, this is fixed, this is variable, this is what. Don't get locked in first, just write everything down, right? You got factory costs, you got marketing, um, you might need to update some software, you know, buy some software to sell it. You might need to get a Shopify, for example. Um, just write down everything that, it's going to cost you to sell this thing from you to the end customer. Then once you've got a list of all of them, then you can start to go, okay, now it's time for me to understand what fixed cost is, variable cost is. Then you can start to categorize that way. But just get everything down onto paper first because that will give you an idea of what will cost you to manufacture this and to sell it to the end customer. Okay. And before we go to oh. the last one, yep. uh, I want to explain high-level concept. Uh, go for it, yeah. 
can you can you can you scroll in? Uh, can you move the screen to the high-level concept in unique value proposition? Uh, in the middle, uh, down there. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so normally in this box you should put something like uh, I cannot uh, right now I cannot come up with uh, with high-level concept for our product. Uh, I don't want to dwell on that right now, but. Uh, when we think, for example, of Uber Eats, uh, which is like a fast del delivery of your food uh, from any uh, vendor, let's say. So, for example, Amazon Prime was before Uber Eats. So you would call Uber Eats the Amazon Prime for food delivery, something like that, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's... that's, that's that's the, the idea of high-level concept. So uh, being, let's say, Uber, Apple, uh, Samsung, uh, Microsoft, of something, you know? So finding this analogy, let's say. That's, that's what high-level concept here is, you know? So that you can explain it to someone else in just, you know, four words like more or less what's your what's your product what's your service that you are trying to sell yeah for example yeah. ours might be the apple of camping products of tents for example because it's innovative tesla tesla, tesla of 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 tents tesla of tents i would say why tesla because it's also fueled by electric like it's also about electric energy right Ah, I see what you mean, yeah. And it's like innovative, risk-taking, you know, all the characteristics we talk about, they need to be tied in, you know. So this is like Dan said, it's just easily relatable to people because people know this brand, people know this thing. When you put them together, they're like, ah, okay, I think I know what this is about. Yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, unfair advantage. That's really tricky because uh, I would leave it blank. Uh because the truth is that uh, whatever business idea you will have in the future, uh, first time filling in your uh, your lean canvas, you will never have unfair advantage. At this point, everything that you have can be bought or copied, unless you have a you have a monopoly for something in, in in some country, I would say. Like, very often, yeah, we can say that, oh, I have unique uh, expertise, I have unique motivation, we have unique team, it cannot be easily copied. But actually, honestly, it can be easily copied. So unless you have, let's say, a patent, or a copyright for something, or a, or a monopoly, uh, like a license for something, then you have unfair advantage. At the very beginning, if you don't have any of those things, you don't have really unfair advantage. So filling in the box of unfair advantage, in my sense, comes later, comes after, you know, 
a great amount of discovery process that you will have to carry out for your business. Yeah, I think just to leverage on that point, which is this is not to say that, um, you know, you're starting off, you just give up and say, oh, there's nothing special about me, then why should I bother? You know, I think we, the message is that I think everyone would have got something unique at the end of the day. But in the very beginning, it's really about discovering. It's really about working with the clients for them to tell you what do you do differently compared to other people. Um, for them to tell you how does your product differ. For them to tell you why they choose you and not someone else. And once you go through that phase enough, um, then this will come very, very easily for you because then you know what makes you unique, what makes you special, what makes your product something that people desire and all those sort of things. Um, so, you know, we're not there to, we're not saying that to discourage you, but it's once you get the basics right, you need to go out, test it and get people to give you feedback to tell you why you, why your product, why your service. Then this will come naturally to you, but don't force something out of it and think, ah, I'm so special that people can't copy and buy or whatever because that's just, that just egoistic. It's humble enough to go and ask for feedback for your clients or customers to tell you why you, why your products, why your service, etc., etc. Well said, yeah. Cool. Um, all right, that is, uh, we had a bit of uh, trouble with uh, our technical, but uh, we got there in the end. Uh, completed all these nine different um, pillars um, and I know this looks pretty and uh, it's quite tempting to wanting to use it so not by I'm going to spend some time to make this template available for people and you will be able to access it via the show notes so this is almost like a, a gift from us to you you know if you find this helpful we're going to create this so that you can start to play around with it you can see how easy it is to use it's very visual um, and you just start to chuck ideas in there. Um, and then that's that's just a gift from us to you for supporting our channel. And we hope that we can play our part in your entrepreneurial journey as well. Um, any last words, Dan? I just want to say something brutal. Can I? Go. This, what we did today, means nothing. So when you go out there and you create your own lean canvas, it means nothing until you execute your idea. Anything what, what you think, like very often people get fixated about the idea. Too much, actually. They, they plan uh, for months, sometimes for years, and they forget about execution. And your plans, your your thinking process all the time instead of acting means nothing without acting. Acting is important, you know? I'm not sure people how people take it. You just drop the bomb, they're like, boom! This means nothing. No, uh, no, no, but that, I completely get where you're coming from, which is, it's good to have this, but yeah. it's nothing if you don't do anything about it. Yeah. Because it can look perfect on paper. It might be a million dollar idea, but if you don't go out there and speak to people or to sell it or take the action against it, it's just in there, right? And someone else will eventually come with the idea and all you will say is, oh, I had the idea and it's just on a piece of paper, right? You could be the person who would make that happen. Exactly. Yeah. Start acting. 
don't think too much, don't plan too much. Your plans will change, definitely. Cool. Okay, uh, shall we leave it there? Yeah. Cool. Um, next week, uh, we are going to have another... Uh, we can tell them it's an interview, right? I mean... Oh yes, yes. It's an uh, it's an interview with uh, with two of my two of my friends from from strategic entrepreneurship program at uh, Rotterdam School of Management, um, uh, Evgeny and and Panos. Uh, one is from Russia, the other one is uh, from Greece, um, and both of them are now based in the Netherlands, and they created their own business. Which is uh, which is a snack bars for women, and they used really interesting concept of of seed cycling to uh, to help females with their menstruational cycle uh, with those snack bars. But of course, they will uh, tell everything about it next week. So. Don't forget to subscribe, give a like to us, and tune in next week for the episode. Cool. And we will leave it there. See you all next week. Don't miss next week. It's going to be a really amazing show next week. Cool. See you then. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Have a good night.